You're listening to the Ministry 127 podcast, a complimentary resource for today's spiritual leader. The purpose of Ministry 127 is to aid Christians in developing a biblical philosophy of ministry. Ministry 127 is a growing online library aimed at assisting ministry workers with Bible-based resources and is a ministry of Pastor Paul Chapel, the Lancaster Baptist Church, and West Coast Baptist College. For more information, visit ministry127.com and subscribe to the Ministry 127 podcast for more practical lessons for today's Christian worker. Developing a Children's Ministry Team with Brother Billy Willis is the title of this week's Ministry 127 podcast. Brother Willis joined the staff of Lancaster Baptist Church in 2004. He organized the children's programs including the Sunday School, Cactus Kids Club, Kitty Church and Bus Ministry, Vacation Bible School, and the Children's Sports Leagues. I want to share some things about developing a children's ministry team. I think we've all been there. I don't think, unless you're different than we are, I don't think any of us would say, look, we're at 100% capacity of volunteers. We never look for volunteers. We're never, every time I walk around the nurseries, I just kind of pat myself on the back thinking, man, good job. Um, every nursery, is just, it's just awesome. In every, every classroom, I mean, it's just, and listen, we all, we all want more volunteers. And, and some of you, how many of you are a volunteer? You're a volunteer and you help out in that capacity. That's great. And um, I know this, um, that when we walk around, a lot of times I'll sit in the song service singing songs and I'm looking around for somebody maybe I could interview or ask, hey, would you be interested in riding a bus or driving a bus or working in a fifth grade um, Sunday school class or working once a month in nursery? Um, I'm always sitting there and a lot of times um, I'll keep a piece of paper in my pocket and I'll be writing it down. Hey, so brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so, they may be interested and, I'll, and we'll pull them aside. Sometimes they look at me like I'm stupid. They say, there's no way I could work in that classroom. You know, or I may, maybe mention a couple other things to them. But um, as we look today, I think um, each one of us would have a desire to see children growing in the Lord. And I mean, in order to do that, I think having a great children's ministry team is very important. Now listen, I'm a children's pastor. I don't really do a whole lot with the youth ministry as far as um, Brother Schmidt, Brother Chapel, and all those do all the teens. And um, you say, do you miss working with teens? Sometimes I do, but you know what? If we don't have a successful children's ministry, Brother Schmidt probably won't have a successful youth group. And a lot of emphasis is put on teens. You, I mean, you look at the magazines that come out, the curriculum that comes out. You look at that. And I tell you this, and, and um, I talked to our pastor about it. I talked to many staff guys. I said, I think a lot of churches are missing the point of we need to make sure they're being raised right here before they get here, all right? And I think a lot of times the emphasis is wrong. Uh, or not wrong, you can't put a wrong emphasis on teens and things like that, but I think we need to be, be thinking about the smaller ones a lot of times too. But in Mark chapter 9, verse 36, every time I read this passage, it really just encourages me and, and, and also convicts me at the same time. But in Mark chapter 9, and verse 36, it says this, and he took a ch- child, talking about Jesus, and set him in the midst of them, And when he had taken him in his arms, he said unto them, Whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me receiveth uh, not me, but him that sent me. I like what it says. He took a child and set him in the midst of them. In one passage of the gospel, it says actually Jesus took him and put him on his lap. Listen, we have a policy against that, okay, about men setting children in the lap. But I know this. That child would have never gone to Jesus if Jesus would not have given that child some attention and he wouldn't have smiled 
and, and maybe say, hey, how you doing? And talk to him. I don't, it doesn't say how old the child is in this passage. But I do know this, that Jesus, when he was on earth, many times spoke about the faith of children. And I'm going to tell you this, I'm still learning how to organize a team effectively. You know, we're always trying different things and how to keep them encouraged. I think that's probably one of the most difficult ones. It's just the encouragement aspect of it. But this morning, in, in developing a children's ministry team, number one, we had to have a vision. We have to have a vision. Some people may have a vision of having a, a new children's building. And listen, that is one of our visions here at Lancaster Baptist. I mean, all of our children's are, are in classrooms like this. We used to have two little rooms over the north building. Then the Spanish ministry groups, we had to bust those out. And I remember we had about 40 kids in a room about this. If you brought a wall right here, right there, and it, it, it came at an odd angle. I mean, it was nuts. So we, we went to pastors, pastor, we've got to bring in modules. We've got to get them in here. And now we're starting to outgrow these rooms. And then we meet over here, and, and we've been praying about um, a children's building. You know what? That is a vision we have, but that's not the vision of the children's ministry. Listen, when I came here, we didn't really have a junior church and preteen church. And I love teaching preteens and junior church. I mean, just being excited and doing balloon animals and just going out and yelling and screaming and eating donuts. I mean, in the class for games. That is my kind of... Um, junior church. Man, I just love having fun. And you know what? And I had a vision to start, so we started it. But you know what? That's not the whole vision. About, a, um, about, six, or, or about six years ago, the Lord put on my heart to start a special needs class. And you can see it right over here. It's called the Haven. And um, I wrote the policy procedure six years ago, and we wrote the vision. And I mean, you, we wrote everything out. And, it, and about six months ago, we actually started it. And listen, it was a vision. But listen, it wasn't just a vision to start the Haven. That wasn't the whole vision. The whole vision of our children's ministry is to reach families and to come alongside of mom and dad and help them raise their, their young people. My, my children are in Kid City every week. And I've told their teachers many times, I said, listen, thank you for every week studying a lesson and preparing it. Because my vision as a dad is to see Max one day grow up as a fine, godly man, my son. And my daughter's to be raised up. But listen, I think if you're a dad or a mom, we can all say, hey, I need help. And that's exactly what many parents are coming to church for. And the vision is, is to come along beside them and help them, not help them raise them, but help them raise them in godly character and wisdom. And I'm under here, letter A is this, proper setting to meet the vision. A proper setting to meet the vision. I haven't always been in a larger ministry. I mean, the church, first church I was in, I was in North Carolina. And I'm talking about we used to sit on the back porch and shoot crows out. That's out of the tree. That's how far in the sticks we were. You know, we had deer running through the backyard. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, you can just stay on your porch and hunt. Some of you are that way. And, man, I'm all for it. All right? And I remember the pastor said, now, Billy, you're the youth pastor and children's pastor. Some of you are that way. And then he said, we want to make you music director, too. And the only problem was I couldn't lead music and I couldn't sing. But I was willing to do it. And I, and I remember those days. Uh, of learning all that. I was 21 years old, and, and I remember learning uh, what not to do and what to do. And when we tried all different things, you know what, just because Lancaster Baptist Church does it, doesn't mean it'll work in your church. Every setting is different. Every setting is different. So when I first got here, we thought we already had the traditional setting of Sunday school. I mean, where the teacher gets up and all the kids are quiet. Well, I was the type, man, I don't really like the kids being quiet. Let's just get up, hoot and holler. When it's lesson time, then they'll settle down. That's just how I was. And that's how I, and now listen, I enjoy teaching traditional too. 
But I, and, but I, I told Brother Christensen when I came, I said, I'd love to start a junior preaching church, and then we ended up starting that. And, and it wasn't anything great idea. We just had some great volunteers. But when you're training volunteers, there are some people, some volunteers that would not enjoy having it, oh, man, just balloons everywhere and donut eating contest and sour pickle eating contest. They wouldn't like that. They'd rather the kids just sit there like this. All right, well, it's hard to make a teacher that wants the kid to sit there like this, more traditional, become that junior church person. Maybe you should just stick with what you got and help build them in their area. See, a lot of times we, we have that vision of how we want it. But sometimes the personnel won't, will not line up to allow us to do that. Now, I know why the Lord didn't allow us to start a, the special needs class um, six years ago. We didn't have the personnel. We didn't. So I put it on my prayer list, and, and I prayed for it. Lord, help us start a special needs class. It started out just a special needs, and then we called it the Haven. Now it's the Haven. So now every week we have um, about three or four kids that come in every week. And there's been families that are now coming because they had nowhere else to go. Every week they're coming. Letter B is this. A team to support the vision. A team to support the vision. I kind of jumped the gun a while ago. Number one is this. A personality fit. A personality fit. Certain people fit better with certain ages. Certain people fit better in a more traditional or a junior church, preteen church setting. Now, one of uh, my son is now in the fifth grade, Max. And, um, and I've been looking forward to it. He gets to go to Brother McCollum's class, the preteen church. And I have been looking forward to it for years. I kept on telling Brother McCollum, I said, three years, Max, let me in there. Max, let me in there in three years. And Brother McCollum is a very gifted man with about 100 preteens in there. Now, I could pull another volunteer out of another class and put them in there, and they'd be scared to death. Because their personality does not fit that class. No, Brother McCollum's does. I mean, he loves it. Now, he's not up there rip, ranting, roaring uh, all through the preteen church. He's very calm and subtle, and, and he has his workers all lined out. And, and they have a special, I mean, it is very organized in there. Now, if I taught the class, I mean, all the kids would be bouncing off the wall, ripping the wallpaper off at certain times. See, there's two different things. Because you cannot expect you to mold the personality of the person that you're using as a volunteer. And um, they have that person. So is it a good personality fit? There are some people, have you realized this? that are scared to death of four-year-olds. Scared to death. Don't put them in there. Try to find some other capacity for them to serve in. You do not want to burn your volunteers by sticking them in there. You want to make serving the Lord in the local church a positive, fun thing to do. Number two is this, a preparation fit. A preparation fit. Now, before any volunteer starts, especially teaching, always make sure they can prepare correctly I, I want them to get away from the weekend warrior mentality everybody's been there saturday night oh i got to teach five-year-olds in the morning and i completely forgot to say i didn't have time i sit down and say listen are you going to have time on saturday or throughout the week to follow up with these children if they miss can you go by can you write them a note can you make phone calls can can you prepare your lesson and we've had volunteers come uh, back to us maybe a year or two later to look my work schedule changed now this is what i can do do you still want me to teach they, they'll come back to us because they know what what, what is expected of them and, and we want to make sure that they can prepare that he can have that preparation there's some um, ladies that can't do every 
month, or, or excuse me, every Sunday nursery, so we'll put them at once a month. See, our pastor just believes that every saint is a servant. We want to get everybody involved, wherever their capacity. We have uh, vacation Bible school coming up in two weeks, and we allow a lot of people, we'll, we'll sit on and interview just about as, as many people as we can. Because we want people to be involved and see how ministry works here. And, and we, uh, some of them we won't put it like in a classroom. We'll let, let them serve lemonade and just get around some of our faithful people. So making sure that they can prepare. Can the volunteer give the time throughout the week to see the vision accomplished? Letter C is this. Task to reach the vision. Task to reach the vision. A lot of times um, we don't plan very well maybe because we think well the children's ministry is just the children's ministry well one way we can discourage our volunteers is this where's the curriculum well it always hurts me when a volunteer comes and says yeah they forgot to put the coloring sheets in my room i feel like a complete failure it's just coloring sheets yeah but they're a volunteer taking their time yeah, I think of a lot, a lot of our men, our nursery director, Mrs. Hannah, her husband is an air traffic controller over here in Palmdale. And Brother Hannah's schedule is just unbelievable. I don't even try to keep up with it. But I know this, if Brother Hannah or Mrs. Hannah is going to do a classroom, I want to do all I can because he may be coming in not even with any sleep. And I think about it, we live in a big commuter-based um, city where people are commuting to L.A. I mean, they're getting up 2, 3, 30 in the morning, and they're getting back 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. Or if they're going to drive back on a Saturday night and teach a class on Sunday morning with no sleep, I want to make sure I'm doing my best to get what they need. And I'm only going to do that is if I task some things to reach the vision. Number one is a daily task, looking at it, making sure, hey, do I need to order this? Do I need to call this person to make sure that um, this classroom is facilitated correctly? Number two is this time-activated task. I don't know how many of you use a paper planner like this or you use um, um, Franklin Covey, Covey on the computer or um, I don't even know what I use, Outlook. Um, if you, whatever you use, put it in there so you can just forget about it. And this isn't a t- uh, um, Titan Activation or Franklin Covey seminar, but I know this, I'm too dumb to remember everything. My brain is not that big. So I know this, that I need to order curriculum coming up, but I know how I am. I'll forget. So what I do, just months ahead, and Tanya does the same thing. She's my assistant. She, we, we put it in our computer, and that way we don't have to worry about it. We just call ahead or just get it going, and, and that way we can have it all planned out. But have a vision, and everything supporting your vision, uh, where there's curriculum, and, um, and all because you don't want something to, to disrupt the vision. And, and tell your, your, your teachers, we tell them all the time, listen, we're there to encourage that kid, but we're really there to reach the families. You know, and, and it's the same thing as the bus ministry. I tell our bus um, captains, I said, the only way your bus should shrink, Tori, you remember this, is what? Is that the families come. If the families drive in and bring their kids, I said, that's the only reason your bus should shrink. I said, because the goal isn't just to build our numbers at Lancaster Baptist. The goal is to reach the families. That's the whole goal. And that's, that's the vision that we have. And that's the vision, I think you've kind of seen it from our pastor. The, goal, the vision is to reach our valley for the cause of Christ. That's our vision. All right? And it's easy to say we have a vision, but it's, it's a whole lot more difficult to get a bunch of tasks to support the vision. 
and on whatever you need to do. Some of you may leave here and say, I'm going to start a junior church. Well, go ahead and put some tasks down and start talking to people and get that personality fit and make sure they can prepare and put the time into it and um, to that vision. Number two is this, value. Value. I was watching, um, so I, I love automobiles. I mean, we had a guy at our church, he used to have a Shelby, um, no, it was a saline Mustang. And my wife and I were going out of town, he told me to drop by and pick it up one day. That thing was like 600 horsepower. Man, it was, I was loving every minute of it. My wife thought it was too loud, but I still had a good time. But I love cars. My dad's been in the car business for over 20 years. And anytime we go back to North Carolina, we always get in the Viper or something like that and just go burn some rubber. Well, the other day I was watching, anytime I, I, I see something on TV or something that, about cars, I watched it. Well, this artist had done a re- rendering of the GR1 um, Cobra, Cobra car, Ford car, Cobra. And he had drawn it out, and I was watching it from, from where he did on the computer screen to his vision to getting it um, all laid out. And, man, it was just a big process. My wife said, man, that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But I thought it was cool. You know, here's this guy that had this vision of this car and all these people man it was it, it was sent from california to florida i mean it was sent all over the place and the, the vision was this they had to have this gr1 shelby cobra ready for pebble beach that was the whole vision the vision was just this car well when they lined it up and they had all the tasks that we had to have it to here by by this date and we got to have it here by this date we have it having the paint bin by this date and man they were all gung-ho man they were crying over the stupid car but they had a vision. The vision was to have this car ready for Pebble Beach. And when they were pumped up about it. And I thought, and you say, the, the, when you think about things, like, do you always think ministry? No, but this one I did. I thought, man, they were all excited about this stupid vision, about this stupid car. And how little do we have a vision for children? And how, I mean, how, how few planning we do to make sure things succeed. And how excited we should be when a child comes up and says, I got saved. Brother Navarrete came to my office yesterday, our Spanish pastor, and his son Micah got saved yesterday. And I'm going to tell you, tears began to well up in my eyes and tears were coming out of his eyes. I thought, man, that is awesome. And, I, and you know what? And I know this, Brother Navarrete wouldn't say, yep, there's a chip off the old block. What he would say is, praise God for the children's workers in those classrooms that taught them about Moses, that taught them about Jesus, that, that taught them about Noah, that taught them about all these Bible stories and taught them the, the words of God. And then he goes home and hears the same thing from dad. But yet, that guy that taught Micah in that little class could have been an engineer on the F-22 uh, fighter jet out of Lockheed Martin. Yeah, but he still came in and taught four-year-old boys. He prepared it. Hey, there's a vision there is to see those family reads. And there's a great value, as you can see, that the Lord Jesus had. Hey, Letter A is this, meetings. Have great value on your meetings when you meet with people. Our children's workers always laugh. They say, my meetings are always short. They always laugh. They say, we love coming to your meetings because they're short. And he says, why aren't you being short today? I don't know. All right? But value. Meetings. Don't have a meeting just to have a meeting. Come in prepared. Come in there prepared. We try to always do a, a, a newsletter. Um, and reminding them of policy procedures, things coming up. And also this. Tanya stands at the back with visits. Say, hey, um, these people have missed the past three weeks. Can you go by and visit? And then we'll fill out a little tracker card and say, hey, go visit them. And we'll hand them out. And, that, and in that meeting, we'll have Kid City postcards for them to fill out. And we say, listen, all you do is write it out and bring it back on Sunday morning. We'll mail it out for you. 
Just making it easy for them. Because listen, we're teaming up together. And we want to make sure that, that this team, I'm a part of the Kid City team too. You say, yeah, you're the children's pastor. I know. But I want them to think, hey, I'm not above them. I'll jump in the class and help. I did it on Sunday morning. We had a bunch of rotten four-year-olds in this room. Man, I thought, man, I thought, I thought man, we may have a, a class of teaching on, on um, Tuesday morning and the way they were going. So I came in and helped out a little bit. You know, it's just teaming up and, and getting that team spirit. But value, value those meetings. Number one is this, encouragement meetings. Encouragement meetings. We always give out every year, once a year. We, we have two different, like, thank you type. We, ha- we have, like, a dinner for our, our kid city workers, and we give them little pins. Um, the first one is our 10-year pin. Uh, we have a 10-year pin, a 15-year pin, and a 20-year pin. I think Mrs. Chapel was one of the first ones to get a 20-year pin. It was really neat. We started this, I think, four or five years ago. And so at our thank you luncheon, it's not even a training time. We'll have, like, we'll have like some carne asada, and if you never had that before, you need to get some before you leave. All right, some, some beans and some rice and so- homemade salsa. Then we'll have the moms come in and make like homemade cakes and pies and all that stuff. And I mean, we just make it a big deal for our kid city workers. And then we always honor the ones that have been serving at least 10 years. And we tell them to wear it on Sunday mornings. Can you imagine being a guest and you walk in and see 10 years? And, and I tell a lot of our, the families that I'm trying to reach and I'll, that are on my sweetheart list, I say, look, when you bring your, your, your child in, guess what? We've got workers that have been work serving for over 20 years. And they always look at me like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, 20 years serving in that class. See, because um, a long time ago, our pastor put great value on volunteers. He did. And then um, we also do um, a nursery thank you luncheon. I think Tanya brought it. We always do something special. And the way we do it, we know this. Ladies that serve in the nursery, they have to go home. After they get out of the nursery, after they change all those diapers, after they dealt with all those screaming babies and crabby parents, we know now they've got to go home and cook a meal and deal with their children. So we thought, where, what, how can we work it where they're not coming out another night of the week? Where they, well, Yeah, it's fun to have a banquet on Friday night, but then the mom's thinking, who's going to watch my kids? So what we do, we, we do it right after church on Sunday morning, right after 11 o'clock service. We have the meal waiting in the dining hall. And then um, our very first year of doing it, we had um, a lot of the moms, or a few of the moms, write letters. Well, I think the first letter is from our pastor. We put a little book together. I mean, this was, this was something very simple. And then here's a letter from me and then Brother Christensen. And then a bunch of other families in the church that their lives have been changed by the nursery. And we just gave it to them. It, it, it was staggering to walk in and see moms, the nursery ladies weeping. And then we, I think we also offer nursery care, don't we, Tanya, for the smaller kids. But we invite the dad, the nursery mom, and then also all their kids. We just tell them, come on, we, we got lunch prepared for you. Very short, we give them the book, let them eat, and they're gone. It's just a thank you. So encouraging, because all of you know this, how sometimes you think, man, I don't know how many more Sundays I can serve. I'm just tired without a little bit of encouragement because listen volunteers are very very valuable and these meetings are very valuable those are encouragement meetings number two is this quality training time quality training time now listen we do get down to the nitty-gritty on a saturday we'll meet at eight o'clock in the morning have donuts and and coffee and everything ready for them and then we'll run from about eight to noon for our um, christian education clinic and the past we have over the rebels building i'll ask i'll even ask some of our volunteers to teach We'll have sessions on policies and procedures. 
Mrs. Chapel taught a whole lesson to the ladies on visuals and how to deal with children. And we, we, we had all different sessions during that day. And we kept it moving so it wouldn't be boring. We also gave them a book like this. Our last one was Illuminate. And, um, and ye are the light of the world at, the, at, at a Matthew 5, 14. And um, some of the sessions were the power source, the security light, the soft light, the flood light. And we covered a bunch of different things. But we wanted to make sure that they were getting um, their needs met. And then we would stay afterwards and say, do you need anything? Is there anything we can do? How's the classroom? How's the temperature? We would stay after and ask them that. But also trading times. And these times are, are not times that we just um, throw a bunch of stuff together. You want to make sure that you plan it out. And that way they're going to come in. You're not still getting the water bottles in the water tank. And listen, I've been there and done that, and it's not, not very fun, all right? Um, letter A is meetings. Letter B is this, value of children. But you know what? We want to protect them from some weird guy coming in or being picked up from the wrong person. We want to do that. But more than that is the value of that child's soul. And the volunteers that we put behind these lecterns are the ones that sit on this platform and, and, and try to help these children. So under the, under the children, number one is this, well-prepared teachers. And, and that goes all the way back up to the vision again, making sure that they're prepared. Number two is this, willing teachers. Willing teachers, ones that are willing to visit and write notes. When we sit down, I always sit down one-on-one with a new teacher, and I'll ask them, say, look, now this is what we expect of you before you even take on the role of a teacher. We want you to be able to prepare, and we also want you to visit. But we want to make sure that these teachers understand, and they already do the value of children And it's not just getting behind a lectern or getting in front of a bunch of fourth grade boys and just teaching. It's more to it than that. It's more to it than that. And and, in developing a a children's ministry team. Let us see is this, the value of families. The value of families. In developing this children's ministry team, we must understand the value of families. Under this, under families, number one is, is the children that attend the classes. The children that attend the classes. As I, as I walk through our classes, uh, a lot of times uh, you're so busy you don't really think about a lot. But when I get to slow down and think about it, I think about, man, that's that family that so-and-so won the Lord. And now their kids are sitting in here. I sat in here, um, four-year-old boys, and little Alex was sitting in here. And um, I, re- I reached their family. And I, wor- I-, I bet you I stopped by their house 50 times. First time I stopped by was, man, she went off about what our pastor preached. And, man, she was, like, giving me everything. But I remember when she told me, she said, yeah, Alex's teacher came by. And then they came to church. I thought, what, why didn't you come to church when I came by? Because <laughs> I'm kind of offended. No, I wasn't offended. But I thought this, here's a teacher that saw the vision to reach this family. And now the family is still here, and they just graduated discipleship two, two Wednesday nights ago. It wasn't Billy Willis that time. Hey, it was the children teacher that saw the need through the Holy Spirit's power, went and visited them, and now that family's still in church. And if I could tell you their whole story, it would blow your mind. Their whole story is unbelievable. About the drugs and, I mean, just everything. And now they're happily married together. She's got a house. She had twins about a year ago. Unbelievable. All from a visit from a children's worker. They didn't get a paid a dime to do it. Hey, developing that team is, I think a lot of times when you get that team spirit, they have to see the vision. I know some of you probably don't like the Lakers, 
And um, out here, I really don't care for Lakers either. But, man, their whole vision this year, I mean, that's all you heard about. If you live near L.A., that's all you heard about. Every time I turn on the news, I turn it back on because that's all you heard was about the Lakers. Their whole vision this year was to win the championship. That was their vision. That was, that was it. Hey, does your children's ministry team know your vision? Do they know it? Is it just to have fun Sunday schools? Okay, if that's your vision, then do that. Is it to maybe raise a bunch of money to have awesome facilities? Well, if that's your vision, then do that. But I know this, what Jesus' vision was, you can see it very vividly in Mark. Come here, son. Let me teach these adults something. Let me teach these adults something. Because he valued them. He valued that child. He valued the family. Not only the children that attend the classes, number two is this. The families of the volunteers. Every week. You say, what does this mean? Let me explain it to you. Every, every week, Mrs. Burns, she'll be over here at the counter tonight. Mrs. Burns, she'll be working back there. Her, her husband teaches at, at 10 o'clock. Mrs. Burns helps till about 1130 or so. Pretty much all, from 830 to 11, she's serving um, over the nursery counter. But every week, I walk outside. Brother Burns is waiting out here in the van, and he's already got his two boys in the car waiting to go home. Now, some weeks, he'll sit out in the parking lot for 45 minutes waiting for Mrs. Burns. Now, some people may not think, but I, but I do. Here's Brother Burns out here waiting. You see, he is a family member of the volunteer. Now, that's the reason we invite the whole family to that luncheon. Because not only does Mrs. Burns need encouragement, but also Brother Burns. He's the one sitting in the hot van. He's the one. Brian and Michael, their two sons, need a little encouragement too. So it's thinking outside of that box of just, man, just using them, abusing them, but also encouraging them. And let me just tell you this too. There's some families, as you know, that when you're building a team, they may have to pull out of the team for a little bit. Number three is this, and we'll close. A very quick point. This is a very big word. Brother John, you know this one, right? Being from Tennessee, I'm just kidding. See, when John and I talk on the phone, man, we can understand each other, all right? Vicidity. Vicidity. I'll spell it. How about that? This is one of those words. I usually don't alliterate, but I found this one on dictionary.com, and I thought it was a good word, all right? V-I-S-C-I-D-I-T-Y. See, I didn't know how to spell it, and I was reading it. V-I-S-C-I-D-I-T-Y. Vicidity. This is a very good thing about building a children's ministry team. Here's what it means. Letter A is this, stickiness. 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 You ever seen when those mice on a glue trap? They don't get off. Some of them chew their leg off trying to get off. Stickiness. That's exactly how I want our Kid City team to be. Sticky. We want to be together. I don't want somebody else going over there and say, well, I think I'm just going to start my own thing. No, I just want us to be sticky. I want them to be sticky to our pastor. I want them to be sticky to our church. I want them to be sticky to our, our soul winning program. I want them to be sticky to the children. I want them to just be sticky. Just sticking around here. Man, in, in a couple weeks, vacation Bible school is one of my favorite weeks. I cannot wait. It's, it's just a blast. I was writing the skits the other day, and I'm pumped about it. But it's always cool to see a couple hundred volunteers around our campus. Some of them never served before. Just happily serving. You want know us doing? Sticking them right here. Sticking them. Vicinity. Letter B is this. Bendable. Bendable. You ever seen, uh, when I was a kid, they used to have those green gumby things. Remember, you could bend it all sorts of ways, and it always bend right back. I always tell you, listen, you've got to be bendable. Hey, some weeks your classroom, God forbid, because I come here really early in the morning and turn the air conditioner on, it may be hot. 
I've walked in the classroom when it's 90 degrees, and the teacher's just got a big smile on her face. They're just bendable. They're just, okay, whatever. We'll just do whatever. I've, I've walked up to a teacher that's been teaching this grade for a long time and said, hey, will you pray about this? Well, that's my class, but no, just bendable. We'll just do whatever. Letter C is this. Here's another word for it, flexible. Our pastor always says this, a growing church is always in transition. And boy, that is the truth. But flexible. Be flexible. Don't just get your mindset of this is how it should be. Let the Holy Spirit of God work and minister. And You know what? Building that team, we should have the same vision, reaching those families. Hey, I'm glad that children's um, volunteer had the same vision to reach the Bauer family that are now still in our church, the one that I visited like 50 times. All it took was one, one visit, and they came. One, not one visit for me, but one visit from the other person. Hey, I think the value, when we get that value, and our team understands how much we value children, when I stand up and say, look, we just introduced this huge computer system that I don't even understand. You know that tells our, 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 our teachers and our workers, hey, we value children. Hey, when we give them that curriculum and we print these things out and we give the craft out every week and all that, it's telling our volunteers, hey, they must value children too because they supplied this for us. Hey, and also this, building that there must be the vicinity, the stickiness, the flexible, the bendability together as a team. You know, the last game of the finals in the NBA playoffs this year, everybody's talking about how Kobe Bryant's going to do this and Kobe Bryant did this. The most unlikely guy won the game for him. Run our test. Run our test. See, Kobe got all the slaps on the backs, but it wasn't him that won the game. Really, to be honest with you, it was the team. Hey, when that family walks on our campus for the first time, it takes a team of people. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm a, I'm, I teach the couples class at our church. I'm so glad that the children's ministry supported the couples class to reach the bowers. And that's exactly how it should be treated as a team. Thank you for listening to the Ministry 127 podcast. Today's lesson was on developing a children's ministry team with Brother Billy Willis. This podcast was designed to equip spiritual leaders to grow in the Word and develop a biblical philosophy of ministry for today's local church. Be sure to let a friend know about Ministry127.com. Also, for Christ-honoring publications, please visit strivingtogether.com for resources that encourage spiritual growth and the local church ministry. Thank you for listening to this Ministry 127 podcast.